Guys. Welcome to the Motor Mouth Podcast. I'm your host, Garth Ripley, and today I'm joined with Corey Markle. Sometimes I'll call him Sparkle, folks. If you guys hear me, I'll be a listener. <laughs> so if I call him Sparkle, it's something I've done like all my life. <laughs> so what's up, Corey? Yep. How you been, man? I'm good. How you been? Good. The social distancing has put a damper on the whole like meeting in person and getting to sit down and talk with people. So, I mean, I miss that because, you know me, I like to sit and talk. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, same here, man. It's been it's been a new life for a lot of us, and I hopefully you know won't have to do it for too long like the rest of you. Yeah, yeah, because this is this is crazy. I mean, like I I went back to my full time job just to like do something, <laughs> so I went mm-hmm. back there because it's an essential workplace. So went back there full time and kind of been getting back into that, wearing masks all the time and gloves because I don't like people. Like feels like listen, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get sick. <laughs> I just got does. healthy. <laughs> I actually just went to go get donuts with my fiance, and I wore a mask because now that's like the expected thing to do. It's oh, kind of yeah. weird. And I got to say, man, I do not like wearing a mask. It is not comfortable at all. Well, I'm, I I actually made uh, my whole family their own mask. They're made out of like fabric. And then I took uh, 3M uh, cancer rated house filters for the house and cut the fab- uh, cut the filters out of them and inserted them inside my mask. So they're actually rated filtered mask. Wow, awesome. Yeah, I made a Batman one for me, of course. And then uh, my little sisters, they both got like unicorn rainbow. Dad got an American flag and so did mom. I'm surprised you didn't make yourself a Joker one. I was thinking about it, but like there's like no really good Joker looking fabric. So I was like, I'll go with this Batman one. What's the thing about Joker? He uses his own like materials. He doesn't have like a prorated fabric. It's just like bobo purple and green stuff yeah it's usually like usually it's like thrift store shit stuff that he finds exactly slipped up but uh so i really wanted to ask i've been i've been doing this project been thinking about doing this project for a while now and some of my audience members know about it but i really want to like get to know what got you started because a lot of people don't know this but you were a faith teacher of mine towards the end of my walk in youth ministry um you actually came in when the youth pastor liz was stepping i believe she was stepping down and then you were coming in as well Mm -hmm. and what got your start in the ministry um so that's a that's that's quite the question um so to kind of date myself i am i just turned 30 last year and i started in youth ministry when i was 21 which is kind of the anti thing when you do when you're in your young 20s you don't like settle down into a faith role you tend to explore more right yeah um so for me i didn't grow up in faith um to kind of get that off the bat i didn't grow up in it my dad was a christian but we didn't really do a lot of you know going to church you know part of a youth group i didn't have any of that um and it was actually you know visiting crossroad on a whim i actually found out what youth ministry was i didn't like i said didn't have any idea what what I was getting into uh, when I was about 20. And it was because a couple of friends of mine were going to the college ministry uh, called Access at the time that Crossroad hosted. And they literally, I mean, this, this is the kind of like friends that I had. They were the kind of friends that they didn't say it was like a college ministry. They didn't say it was a church. They said, hey, Corey, there's this free food thing going on at my girlfriend's uh, place or I, I think he said church at that point, do you want to come? And I had and I had a free Tuesday night to kill. I was like, yeah, sure. I like free food. 
And um, I got, I went there and I, I, I would honestly say, Garth, I got a great definition of what church is supposed to be. And yes, free food's part of that. But <laughs> the, the best part about church, I would say, is the community. Um, and that was what sold me on this whole religion thing later on. Um, I started going to the college ministry for about a year. And it was actually because of a girl that uh, kind of got me really serious about my faith. Um, we dated for about five months uh, pretty quickly after I met her. But um, she was a huge Christian. And she, funny enough, was involved in a youth ministry called Young Life. Um, and I'm not sure if you or anyone who's listening is aware of what Young Life is, but it's a it's like a youth ministry that doesn't yeah, but doesn't belong to a um, a church. Um, it basically operates outside of churches, but almost to support churches. Uh, my church, Crossroad, actually just started like partnering with a with with a Young Life uh, last uh, semester, um, and it's really great because it reaches the teenagers in schools directly. Um, and for some who don't go to a church, it's their opportunity to get to, to learn about the Bible and still do all the fun youth group things and trips and whatnot together. Um, but anyways, going back to where I was, uh, when I was 21, I met this girl. She was part of Young Life. And because she was you know, super great and I thought, man, I got to impress her. Um, of course, I would say yes to everything. It's like, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Absolutely. I would love to help out with Young Life. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what you do when you're a guy and you don't think you've got a lot going for you. You just do whatever you can to impress her. Sure. Um, and that worked for a little bit. And she for was sure. amazing. And it just got me, it got me really pumped. And I got to meet a bunch of cool students. And this is not a crossroad. This is just in Young Life. I got to meet a lot of cool teenagers and get to hear their stories. And it made me really happy that this kind of ministry thing for teenagers existed. And going back to Crossroad, um, going to this college ministry still, I was like, wow, I love that this college ministry is kind of like that Young Life thing. Now, funny enough, this is where I believe God started, you know, knocking on Corey, uh, a friend of mine named Nelson. And you know who Nelson is, right, Garth? Nelson Cowan? Yes, I love Nelson. Nelson, he's I a pastor Nelson. now, crazy. He's a pastor. But um, back then, he was just another college guy. And he, uh, he noticed that, you know, Corey, you know, was very uh, outgoing and very social and very goofy and still kind of am <laughs> but he told me that oh, Corey sure. you should really you should really consider uh youth ministry um if that's something you've never tried you should really do I think you'd be a natural and I said oh you mean like young life <laughs> that's all I knew about young, about youth ministry and so he said mm -hmm. well yeah but there's also you know the youth ministry here at Crossroad and I kid you not, Garth, it was this whole, like, are you serious? That exists here? You have youth group? <laughs> and I remember he said, yeah, I actually volunteer on Sunday nights. They have a really great gathering of students and leaders, and it's really fun. I think you'd love it. Uh, there's free food as well. And I was like, okay, well, I'm already sold. It sounds great. <laughs> and the next <laughs> Sunday. Free food. It keeps pulling I, in. I mean, that's ministry, isn't it? That's, that, that's, that's how you get it started. Just, oh, yeah. just get food together and people will join. But um, so the next Sunday I went uh, and Nelson, he actually was one of the uh, singers in the band for the youth ministry at the time. And he introduced me to Liz, who was the youth director at the time. And Liz was really cool. She was like, oh, how, yeah, Nelson um, told me about you. He told me to expect you. I'm really glad you're here. Just observe and hang out. And I believe you were there. I know Caleb was there. 
Um, a lot of other students that, you know, in, in your class were there. Um, I remember uh, Katie Scott, I've told her this, and we, we reminisce about this all the time, but you remember Katie Scott, right? Of course. <laughs> I, th I think she was in, was she in your class or? She is a year below me. She's with okay. Will. So there we go. Yeah. Below. Yeah. She, um, I remember it was her and a friend of hers. We, I was just kind of walking around this weird adult, like 21 year old dude, college student walking around these bunch of teenagers. And you're kind of towing that line of like, is this guy like supposed to be here or not? Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do anything that was wrong because we're kind of getting into, you know, uh, 20, was it 2008, 2009-ish where we're getting more woke, so to speak. And oh, I'm trying yeah. not to draw any attention to myself, um, but I'm trying to be helpful. Well, these two students, including Katie, come up to me and say, hey, uh, what's your name? I was like, oh, I'm Corey. I'm, one of, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a volunteer. And she's like, great. Do you want to kick the ball around? And I was like, okay, what does that even mean? And it wasn't kickball. It was just they had a ball. And they were in the hallway right outside the main room, which was the connection center. And we were right outside the room and we had a nice little rubber ball and they were just passing it back and forth. And we would ask each other random questions. And funny enough, Garth, that was like all I needed to realize like, wow, these are people. These aren't, these aren't kids. These are people who have personalities, that have lives. And they're here at this church that I've been going to for a year, collecting free food for myself and bumming off of them for social for, for social life and i realized these these kids these kids have value these kids have a purpose and they are coming to this church maybe because they're bored maybe because they're just because their friends are here maybe it's free food as well but boy they there's such an opportunity in them to grow and to mature and to get into uh, impress upon people uh these new values that i was discovering and these kids were doing it to me and ultimately, Garth, you know, even though the thing with, you know, the girl that I was, you know, seeing at the time kind of fell through pretty shortly after I started going to this youth ministry um, at Crossroad, I kept on going. Um, right. It was actually during a small group, Garth, and I'm pretty sure you were there. James was leading it, James McCafferty. And James had posed a question about, like, why do you think God brings you to youth group? And me being this. 21, like, <laughs> I'm not a teenager. This isn't for me. But I was in the group with you guys, and I, and I remember answering, um, I don't know, but I'm glad he did. Um, I've been through some things already in my young faith life. I wasn't, you know, fully committed until I started coming here. And it was because of you guys, you know, the students, the adults, giving me a chance and, you know, treating me like someone who has value. It made me so much more excited about my life, and it made me understand God in a completely different way. And it... it it just kind of paved the way for Liz ultimately asking me to step into her shoes. Yeah. Do you, do you remember like that? Do you remember that conversation? Was it like a moment for you? Like with, uh, with Liz? Yeah. When you, when you were asked like, Hey, you're going to be taking this over. Like, was that a moment? Like, you knew like, <laughs> Oh, wow. You know, it's funny, Garth at, at the time it wasn't even a thing, but I had, I had thought about it a lot. Like I had thought about, she, I, I did not expect Liz to step down anytime soon. Remember after she had uh, Ella, it was like everyone was kind of thinking about it and stuff, but she was committed. She was all into it. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, plan anything. But that made me think like, well, what if, you know, yeah. what if I did? And I remember on that mission trip with you guys at, at New Orleans, oh my God. you know, I was essentially the interim youth director for you guys. And 
it was such an exciting opportunity. And I, and I remember freaking out every day, like, holy cow, I'm going to get these kids killed or lost or, you know, kicked out of a Walmart. You know, we're going to get, this is going to be horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate crimes. You know, it's, it's crazy uh, what I was in charge of <laughs> and what, what, what actually happened on that week that we were out in New Orleans. But I remember thinking, you know what? I could do this. Like, I, I could figure it out. And I think I would really enjoy it. And it was funny enough, it was a year later, Garth. Um, it was a year later. Um, Liz's baby was, you know, a year old now. And she came up to me uh, during the week. And I had actually been hired as the assistant to the youth director. Kind of like the Dwight Schrute to the Michael Scott of the youth I, ministry. I was just about to say yeah. the Dwight Schrute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and she pulled me aside, sat me in her office, and she said, how's it going? Everything going great? Okay, great. I have something to ask you. Um, she she had basically said, "What would you would you be interested essentially uh, in doing in being a youth minister?" And I said, um, "Yeah, eventually." And so I think it was the same meeting, or it was a different meeting. But shortly after that, Lance, uh, who you're going to have come on another time, Pastor Lance came in as well, and the two of them sat with me, and they said, "Corey, we want to offer you um, this new opportunity." And Liz said that she was considering moving to a different position at Crossroad, which would be a full-time role for her, couldn't do youth ministry anymore, and they needed a youth director. And Garth, I remember to this day, I remember crying in Liz's office of, of happiness. I remember crying because oh, wow. I didn't feel worthy because it was such a, like, I'd, I'd like, you know, like glorified it, dignified it to something that I just could not attain. And at the same time feeling, yes, absolutely, absolutely, yes, 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 yes. Like a kid on a Christmas morning, you know, just going like, like so much emotion all at once. Sure. And it was, it was something that I just had to absorb. Um, I remember shortly after, you know, obviously accepting it, Liz told me that, okay, okay we, there's a process to this. We're not going to like do it immediately. We're going to like basically let it happen. Yeah. And then we'll tell all the kids at the same time. And that night, Garth, were you there when Liz announced it? I believe I was. She, this, yeah, this was it was a while ago. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was yeah, just a decade or something ago. Um, she yeah, uh, just just a decade. I know it, it's no big deal. Uh, she well, she basically pulled everyone aside <laughs> at, at the end of a Sunday night because we're all up in up in the youth room now, and we just finished up everything. And she's like, "Okay, I have a special announcement. Everyone's sitting down. I'm sitting with the kids, uh, which is just what I did." Now, this is when we have already established that Corey Markle, me, I'm going to be the new youth director, but we're going to announce to the kids tonight. So I'm just like sitting there like, let's see what they think. Because I'm like, I'm like waiting for them to like express how they truly feel about Corey. This is the moment. I and I, was. I think this, okay. I, I don't think I was because I think I was just, I think that's when I was asked, but hey, start taking your break. Oh, right. It was, it was during yeah. the summer. And, and when seniors graduate, they get the summer, but then they start like, okay, take a little while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so she, uh, she basically told everyone, uh, hold on. There we go. Uh, she basically told everyone like, so it's been great. Um, and she had been doing it for about five years and she basically let everyone off easily and said, I love you guys. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm excited for what's to come. But, um, as you know, you know, God would have it, I have something new I need to um, step into, and that means I'm no longer going to be your youth director. Yeah. And a lot of the kids, and when I say a lot of the kids, every single girl just started, like, crying. 
Oh yeah. Because this is their like this is their female mentor. This is their their like pseudo mother figure to some of them. This is like their best friend. Uh, they're just emotionally destroyed. Um, a lot of the guys um, who really were close to Liz at the time were also very like concerned. Um, now, of course, me over here, I'm like, I know what's going on. I ain't scared. Um, but I'm also like trying to be sensitive to the moment. Um, for sure. She then says, um, but Crossroad has worked out a plan and we've actually asked Corey to step up and become your new youth director. And I don't think there was like, there wasn't this gush of like praise or cheering, which I think in my, (laughs) yeah, in my deep, 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 like super ego, I think I was hoping for something, but I just knew in reality it wasn't going to happen, but that obviously didn't happen. It was kind of a like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) And um, I remember Liz, that's when it became real. I could see it in her face because Liz didn't really show a lot of emotions when she needed to be strong. But I remember her showing some emotions at that point, and it was it meant it meant something to me, seeing her have to be that humble. And it actually is something which I'm sure we'll get to near the end. Uh, it's something that I remember very intimately when I made that conversation with my kids when I stepped down eventually. Yeah. So I actually went before we get to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was the what was the hardest part about being a youth leader? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a loaded it's, question, man. That that one is a loaded question. <laughs> so the, sure. the thing about youth ministry, which which you saw, you know, you had what three youth directors during your time, Garth? <laughs> yeah, four, three, four, three, only three, four, <laughs> four basically. Uh, and well, I'm I'm sure I was your favorite, um, but that's fine. Uh, if it wasn't. <laughs> um, so here's the thing, Garth. Um, the 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 thing you don't see in youth ministry as a student. Um, those are probably the hardest things. Um, it's when you're with the students as a youth minister, that's the best time. The best time is when you're with your kids. It's when you're in the program itself, whatever it is, like a trip or a small group or whatever, that's the best part. That's what you're working nine to five, or even if you're part-time, you know, that's what you're, you're trying to build towards. It's like, it's like being a chef, like you're in the kitchen and it's hard work, but you want to, per- you want to serve that meal with your family. And it's the time you sit down at the dinner table with your family that makes it all worth it. Um, so it's the things that no one saw, Garth. It's the things that I couldn't really talk about with people. Those were the hardest things. Um, I remember spending a lot of late nights in my office um, feeling, and I'm going to preface this with, I don't hold any resentments to anyone. I don't, I don't have any kind of like problems with anything. But I remember a lot of it was my fault. Um, I put a lot of things on myself. And I made and I, I made it such a big deal that I wanted you and everyone to just have the best experience at church mm-hmm. that I put a lot on myself to perform and make things that were perfect. And I couldn't trust people to do it that way that I wanted in my stupid, dumb head. And um, the hardest part was realizing it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be real. So it it took you to really learn the church's motto? Yeah, imperfect. (laughs) Crossroads Crossroads all about imperfection and and understanding that it's not us who needs to be perfect. It's God uh, who already is. And for us to embrace our imperfections, they actually build the community more authentically than ever. And I was constantly learning that, Garth. I mean, I'm the first one to preach about it, trust me. Yeah. But when you practice it in your office at 10 o'clock at night, 
you know, trying to put the sermon together, it's, you need someone else. You, like you, you need a friend. You need, you need a trusted friend to tell you that's enough. You need to go home. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of indulge a little bit of my personal life here, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, what was hard, what was hard in youth ministry was finding a balance between work and life, like everything else. Um, I loved my my life as a as a youth minister, and I developed so many relationships with students and adults and friends because of it. But a lot of it was built on youth ministry. A lot of it was built on my my job. Um, sidebar: A lot of the kids would ask me, "What's my real job?" When I'm the youth director full time, so they thought that's like literally all my all I did my in my week was just wait until youth group, and then I just showed up and had fun. They didn't realize how much of work I was actually doing. So anyways, yeah. back to what I was doing. So my personal life, I would spend a lot of time doing prep for youth ministry, um, doing meetings, uh, traveling to students' functions and, and games and uh, uh, Mr. Ugly pageants. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, just being, being there for the students in a lot of ways and the parents and families to where a lot of my personal life got benched. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't very available to my family. Um, I didn't really have a very good, consistent personal life when it came to dating or keeping up with friends outside of church. And um, funny enough, it was actually, you know, who I'm engaged to now, um, I've, it's, it's been more and more put on me that, wow, like this is what it means to have a healthy relationship um, in your faith and in your personal life. Um, I was making my job almost my most significant thing in my life. And that was, that was something that I did to myself. It was not crossroad. It was not any church or student. Um, and I, I think the hardest part was that I didn't include people. I didn't include my personal friendships into the struggles of my, of my daily routine. Um, I had just made, you know, student ministry, this, you know, golden calf, this idol. Um, and I know that's like really kind of dumb for someone who is in charge of leading students in faith conversations yeah. to say that I struggled in something that is very obvious. Um, but that's, I think that's a normal, not that it should be okay, but that's a very typical thing. You know, faith leaders struggle in a lot of ways to say one thing and then also listen to themselves when they're struggling with that same thing. And that's because we need someone else to preach that to us. We need someone to model that for us. Um, for sure. So developing friendships became more and more of an important thing for me as I got older. Um, like I said, I just turned 30 last year. It really wasn't until I was about 27 or 28, Garth, that I started actually, you know, investing time into relationships outside of church and youth ministry. And I remember, you know, feeling tugged every now and again when a student would text me, you know, at nine o'clock at night and say, hey, uh, are you coming to my game tomorrow? And I, and I would think to myself, dang, I just said I was going to go, um, <laughs> I was going to go to this bar and play, um, uh, what was it? Um, wow, I'm blanking on it. What is the thing? Trivia. I was, mm-hmm. was going to go to trivia at this, at, at the bar with some friends. And it's like, wow, like, like, it's hard to have friends when you're trying to be a faith leader. Um, and so not to get on like a soapbox or anything, but I will say this, uh, and, and, and then I'll let you, I'll let you speak. Um, I feel like, you know, faith leaders, you know, do such a great job with students, but it's where we are getting poured into return in return uh, with our friends and loved ones that we really struggle. Uh, so for me, that was definitely where I struggled. For sure. 
And the reason I'm doing these is so I can help enlighten the people that these faith leaders, the people that we're that we are trying to base our faith on and help us, they are still going through the same human issues that we are going through. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's what I that's that's really what I want to do with this whole series of interviews that I'm going to be doing is I want to express to people that these are still people. These are still people that have thoughts and that are still going through a lot of things because people don't realize that you could make one comment about one thing and then like the church could look at you so totally differently hmm. and about anything. So, I mean, like just it's, it's a different world when you come to faith and like people, because when people look at faith teachers, they think, Oh, they, they're not doing anything wrong because they're preaching the faith. And I'm just, I just want to like enlighten people like, no, these are, they're still humans and they're just here to help us with the same travel that we're all on the same path. We're all walking. It's just human. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, look at like doctors right now. I mean, just because they are providing healing, that doesn't mean they're not also susceptible to the same, you know, ailments and viruses that are coming in to get a leave from. And so they, they need that protection. They need that safeguarding as well. So faith leaders are, by no means am I comparing the two as equals, but I am saying that there is a similar self-care that's necessary uh, because of our own humanity. For sure. Now, so we got, we got that little hard part. Now, favorite, one of your favorite memories. Oh, that, that, that's actually even harder. That's even harder. Right? You guys say New um, Orleans was pretty good. That whole mission trip was a great experience. Yeah, it was. And, and so I'm actually going to use that, Garth, to kind of, catapult to the big picture here of, of what what because i can't i can't give you one thing i'm sorry i'm gonna need hey, like five episodes to do that <laughs> but i will say like the big picture favorite thing is going on the trips um now ministry looks different in every church the way we teach to students looks different what i learned uh, after the first four or five years of doing youth ministry full time i realized it's the time we have with the kids that's the most valuable resource we have it's not the it's not the program it's not the curriculum it's not you know the, the stupid games we do or which are always great uh or the weird messy games or whatever those those are cool but the what the what matters the most is the time we have with the kids and you got that the most on the dedicated trips away from home uh most of them overnight trips uh some of them a whole week um those were the best times uh, for ministry and for me. Um, it got a lot harder for me only because I started realizing, you know, I, I need to do this with my friends because I'm having so much fun with these students. Like, dude, why am I not going hiking with like my actual like other 28 year old friends more? <laughs> I love hiking and I love hiking with these students, but they're like 15 talking to me about their girlfriend problems and whatever. And I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm well beyond this kind of like conversation yes. in my adult life. Let me find this in my, my, my other life, my real life. So I would say the trips, Garth, like definitely, you know, that New Orleans trip, uh, what was it like 2000, maybe 2008 or 2009? No, that's my high school. Uh, 2013, 2014. Yeah. Um, when we went to New Orleans. Um, I remember that being like the beginning of something special because I saw you guys as people not as you know students yes you were students but i didn't see you as like something i got to work on like a project i saw you as 
now don't take this the wrong way, but I saw you as equals. Like I saw you as like, you deserve to be here as much as I do. Yeah. Like I am in charge of you, but I want to hear from you. I want to listen to you. I want, I want you to be driving this ship when it's appropriate. And, and I will say because of the trip that really made more sense. It's a mission trip. The mission trip is all about how can we, all of us serve this community or these this entity or whatever for a dedicated amount of time and whatever the needs may be, we would just jump in, whether it's, you know, hosting an, um, an outside, you know, children's, you know, vacation Bible school camp or painting a house pink in, uh, or, or cleaning up a yard or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, we wanted to put students in, in, in the responsible position of doing those things that the community needed. And, there was such a reward, which I'm sure you can, can agree with Garth. There was such a reward that you could not get when you do that at home. You know, you needed to get yourself out of the comforts of home. You need to get yourself out of the rhythm of your home and daily life to displace yourself in a foreign location, whether it's international or local, um, like within the same state or even just a couple states over, um, to get yourself just focused on one thing. And that is these people. What 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 is going on here? You know, what are their stories, and 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 how can I be a blessing, not a burden to them? Um, I remember, you know, you Garth, you uh, you had developed kind of a good communication with the family. I think you were in conversation with them every now and again. Um, yeah, it was a man, man, his two kids, and the, I believe it was his aunt that he was really like taking care of the household. Yeah, I think you had even kind of checked in with me, like some adult, and just basically said, "Yeah, they've got this going on," and she said this or whatever. And I just remember feeling proud of all of you guys, and just feeling like this is why this is why we do ministry. This is why we this is why we do all the work on Sunday nights to get us to these things. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about another trip. And this is, again, just kind of like an umbrella of like a lot of the trips we did. One of my favorite trips we would do annually, in addition to the mission trips, were in the summer, we would do uh, Wilderness Trail, which is a hiking trip. Um, and I don't think you ever did that with us. Never. Um, but you should always do it. If you ever get a chance, you should do it. Um, it's, do. A, it's a ministry. It's a ministry kind of like Young Life that doesn't operate with a church but they are a Christian run organization by this third party that hosts youth groups like ours to come out and they basically outfit us with gear and camping equipment. And they send us out with a leader of their own to just go into the woods on the Appalachian trail and go hiking for five days overnight, like cooking your own food, hiking all your gear on your back. It's like, it was incredible Garth. And just like the mission trip and all the ones after that, it was so inspiring to see i mean oh i mean garth there have been so many hiking trips that i've been on where i've been miserable but at the same time just so content with like yes this is good though like it's it's like in a workout or like you're struggling but you you're satisfied by it it's like a good exhaustion um real quick i'll just kind of spin this uh, i was sitting down uh, around a campfire on a on a hiking trip with the students last year and one of the students um was just talking like and i mean like not just like convert like having a conversation garth like you and i like dignified adults but just talking at you yeah or just talking because they can't be quiet because they're middle schoolers um 
And I remember listening and just realizing, you know what, this kid over here, this is their first hike with us. And I'm very annoyed by their incessant talking and yammering and no one else is really listening either. But they could be doing anything else right now. And they decided to rough it with us, to come hiking with us, to struggle with us. And I am so impressed by this person. They are, you know, in middle school, they are literally half my size in every way. And their bag is almost bigger than them. And I'm, and I was just proud. Like, like, yes, I was, I was exhausted and I didn't really want to listen to them talking more, but deep inside, I was just proud of like, wow, I am so happy that I work in a ministry that through all the things, through all the political, through all the, you know, doctrines, through all the, you know, theology, you know, kind of thing set aside. We are doing a thing where we are putting students in the real world, we're putting them in hard, difficult things, and we're teaching them what, what's important in life. And what's important in life is understanding who we are made from, who we're made in the image of, and how you know we should be interacting with other people. And that in itself is community and understanding that these students could be at home playing Fortnite, you know, isolating themselves, not in the way we're doing now, but I mean just like, you know, doing nothing. Um, yeah. Or they could be challenging themselves and growing and learning about the world and learning, most importantly, about other people, learning to love people for who they are. And as God would, you know, would love us, despite all of our weird and stupid imperfections, you know, God, God views us with such value. And we get to teach these students, you know, that kind of value through these hard things and show them that life is worth, you know, so much more. And there's so much more going on around us than we originally give it credit for. For sure. And since we're, we're actually uh, winding down to an end, we've been going now for almost 40 minutes. That's and wow. I did not, I not actually, hear that. I would, <laughs> right. It, I, every guest I ever have on always when I'm ra- wrapping up, they're like, wait, really? It's already gone that long. I'm like, yeah, you're just, you're just such a great person to talk to well. Garth. <laughs> I try my best, but I would <laughs> be doing a lot of people a disservice if I didn't ask you. Uh, so what made you take the step down? Was it just timing? Or was there just something or? Yeah. So um, I've told a few people this. Um, I mean, I, I told all of my students this, but I told a few people, you know, the like as much as I could. Um, the truth is, Garth, um, is that I loved my job. I loved it until my very last day. But there requires a special kind of person who not only loves students and loves loves God, um, but can also afford the time it requires to, to do the thing, to, to do all of the work required. Um, if I could do it all, you know, again, Garth, I would do it exactly the same way I did. Um, I do not regret anything, but um, so um, to kind of wrap it up and kind of give you the, the concise answer, um, I have to kind of share a little bit about where I'm at with my fiance. Um, my fiance's name is Megan. Um, she's not in the room, so don't go looking for her. Um, but Megan, um, she and I met about two years ago now and I was feeling tired in youth ministry guard. I was feeling like, wow, like this is a marathon. Like it's like, it's, it's like every month there's something big and I got to do the same thing and I got to be ready every Sunday night. It's just a lot of rhythm and, and moving with it. And I was getting tired. And part of me was just asking that question, you know, how much longer can I go? Like, how much longer can I keep doing this? Um, and part of me thought, well, I'll just change it up. I'll just do more things differently. And 
all I was doing, Garth, was delaying the inevitable. Eventually, you know, youth ministers, and this is not just Corey, but eventually youth ministers do need to step down. And it's not because they have to, no one's requiring them. It's just a, it's a seasonal thing. Um, but it was actually me meeting Megan, her and I going on our, uh, on our first date and getting to know her. And she went to Crossroad uh, for a few years before we started dating. And it was getting more serious with her that I realized I don't know if I can be a good husband and a good youth director. And it's not because that's impossible. I, there are, I, I know many youth directors who do exactly that. Um, I was looking at myself and saying, I don't know if I can do that. And I had, and because I had spent eight, eight years doing youth ministry, like as my thing, as my vision, as my, this is why I get up in the morning. I, I couldn't continue doing it that way and be Megan's, you know, husband. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't be hers if I'm also the youth ministries. And it broke my heart, Garth, multiple times when I just kind of came to that realization last year, near the end of the year, when I really had conversations with my pastor. Um, it broke my heart when I started realizing, I think this means I need to settle down um, with Megan. Um, I actually proposed to Megan uh, in December on, I believe it was the 21st um, of last year. And I had prolonged it so long. On Garth, one because I wanted to wait at least a year before mm -hmm. I proposed to her, but that was in March of last year, and I had from March to December just this time of like, oh my gosh, like I I need to ask the question, I need to propose, but I'm so deathly afraid that I'm going to struggle at being here for my students who I love dearly, and be there for Megan, and so I decided not because Megan, not because my pastor, not because of the students, but I decided for myself that. After eight years of doing this and loving it, I do think God is calling me to my next thing. And my next thing is Megan. Um, that sounds weird. My next mission is being a husband who loves and is committed to, to, to his wife. And um, it was a hard call. Um, my pastor, Pastor Kevin, um, who actually only started like a couple years ago as our lead pastor after the original founding pastor, um, step down when when he and I sat down to talk about me stepping down um, I did not expect him to be so supportive it almost kind of felt like wow you're trying to kick me out but eventually I realized like wow he he, he doesn't see me as an employee right now he sees me as a friend he mm -hmm. sees me tired he sees me scared not scared for the youth ministry but scared for for me like like Corey is scared he's going to hurt someone. He's afraid he's going to let the kids down. He's afraid he's going to let Megan down if he, you know, does it wrong. And he's yeah. he's trying so hard. I I as you know Corey's friend want to want, want to do what I can to, to leave him of it. And so he actually helped me realize this is not the end of the world. And the best part is Corey, God is bigger than you. He got you into this. He can get someone else into it, and he can take care of you as you and Megan get settled into your new life together. And that conversation was like an hour and a half long. It was not the first or it was, it was not the last conversation we had about it. But um, eventually um, he gave me Christmas break to kind of think about it, like pray about it and like talk to my family about, is this really what you want to do? And so after talking to Megan a lot, um, praying with her and talking to my, my immediate family about it too, it just kind of became more and more of a real, a real thing. And 
eventually we made the announcement, just like that conversation that Liz had, you know, with the other students and me in the room. I had that conversation with my kids um, eight years later. And it just, it was such a real moment, Garth. It was such a real, like, scared but proud moment because these are, it's like, it's like a reverse graduation. You're oh, like, yeah. you go to watch your kids graduate, but it's actually you who's graduating or something. And they're all crying at you. And you're like, oh no, now I'm crying. Um, it was such a sad, sad, but happy moment, Garth, because all, all eight years, even, even you and students who weren't there, it just became very real for me because I wasn't going to get to do this thing anymore. Um, I wasn't going to get to see the next Garth, you know, graduate. Yeah. Um, but uh, Pastor Absolutely. Kevin said something very important to me uh, um, during one of my last few meetings with him. He said, um, Corey, these are your forever friends. You know, these students here, it's not, it's not goodbye. It's just a different way of, of, of seeing each other. Um, the memories that you've had with them, that you shared with them, you're going to keep those and they're going to keep those for a long, long time. I mean, look at you and I, Garth, like oh, yeah. you and I only had like a year and something, you know, in youth ministry together, me as the pastor, you as the student, but here we are as adult friends, you know, you're on a, you're like owning a podcast and killing it. <laughs> Um, and here I am in my, you know, rusty second bedroom office pseudo thing that I've been quarantining, working in, um, getting to talk to you and just being friends. And, and yeah. that kind of thing is what's going to happen with a lot of these kids that I've been in relationship with. Um, I hope and pray that when Crossroad hires the next youth director, um, that it's someone who loves them even more than I did. Uh, which I don't know if it's possible, but um, I do know that it was a hard decision, but it was a necessary decision. Um, and I'm I'm excited for what God has in store for both Megan and I and Crossroad. There you go. Well, man, this was fun. And I, I'm glad I got to get you on here and really get to tell you your side of the story and what got you in it. And what caught you to stick around Captain Pepto was always, <laughs> always great memories with you, man. You like, just got to keep bringing that up, don't you? <laughs> uh, of course, Captain Pepto was... Like, if folks who don't know, this man, it, how much he cares for his kids, let us paint his whole beard with exterior pink house paint. Yeah. Exterior. It means it like was not, quite painful, I believe, in the shower to get yeah. it off later. <laughs> like, not water-soluble paint that you, that you like, for fun, play, like, paint with. This is, like, it's meant to stay on in the rain. <laughs> and so and, I'm literally in the shower at the, uh, at the seminary that we stayed at just plucking like beard hair because paint is like, no, you are now my forever friend and I will never leave your side beard hair. So I'm like plucking paint and then some beard hair out of my face over the next few days because of you guys. But again, I would do it all again because it was such a great memory with you all. All right, man. Well, thank you, man, for being on. Uh, I'm actually, we're going to go ahead and we're going to end this up. But thank you, bud, for being on. And thank you guys for watching and listening. Go ahead and like subscribe and all that. And hit the bell on the bottom to be notified. So thank you, Corey, for being on. So I'm going to stop recording. Toodaloo.